most people I think now are aware that the majority of influencers are either horrible, shallow narcissists or they're getting paid to do it. Or both uh, in some cases. Or the photos themselves are incredibly curated. Oh, incredibly edited. I had to think about that. This is Chris. God, I'm really losing my magic on these openers. And this is take... this is take three of our intro for today. <laughs> this is it. We're sticking with this one. This is the yes. one that's going live. You might have to just start <laughs> taking the reins on the intros from now on. <laughs> How are you? How are you this week? Aside from struggling, um, I'm good. Struggling. Yeah, with mean? the intro. Oh yeah. Okay. I felt like struggling, like hungover or something. I was like, I went to bed early last night. Um, no, I'm doing really good. Um, I wanted to say a quick, like, not apology, because I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> um, oh, but no. just to everyone, to like our listeners that listened to last week's episode, um, you know, the audio was a bit funky. We've had this happen in the past before. It's really hard, um, especially if we're interviewing people that are currently traveling. You know, they might not have all the right tools to record their audio separately, which is what happened in this case. Um, Lydia from last week's episode, uh, When in Rome, Do the Romans, um, it sounded like she didn't have uh, headphones that had no microphone in it, which means that it will pick up mine and Chris's audio in the background when she's recording. And so that's why we sound a little funky. But we thought that, you know, it's a really good episode. It was really fun to talk to her. I didn't want to have to like, and that's kind of a topic. That's kind of a topic. You can't just be like, let's re-record it again. Because we already oh God, like no, shared no, no, all no, the stories. Was, there was so much emotions and, and uh, so many stories. And it was 90 minutes long. So it would have been a real bitch to re-record that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we decided to share it anyways. And hopefully you guys will understand like, you know, we all are traveling. We're all like our guests are traveling. We're makeshifting, you know, podcast kind of studio recording areas out of, well, she was in like the Skype room at her hostel and like, I'm in my living room, you're in your living room, sometimes I'm in a bedroom or an office or something like that. So, you know, we do the best we can. It might not always sound the best when it comes to audio, but we think the content's really there. So just deal with it. (laughs) That was it. That was my little, my little precursor. Um, but no, I'm doing good. I actually had a night the other night I really wanted to talk about. Um, so, well, first of all, I went to the, um, have you ever watched Balkan football? Do you, do you watch soccer? Like, are you a soccer person at all? You're yeah, right, yeah, but I've you? not watched, uh, no, no, I'm both. I watch football, but I haven't seen any of stuff from the Balkans. Okay, so um, the team here in Split Croatia is Hajduk Split. And then, obviously, their biggest rival is going to be from Zagreb, because that's, like, North Croatia or mm-hmm. South Croatia. Um, so, Dinamo is Zagreb's team, and they play each other, I think, twice a season, but once in Split and then once in Zagreb. And so, yep. last week was the game in Split, and my friend got me a ticket. It was only 60 kuna, which is, like, seven pounds. <laughs> like, it was super oh, cheap. pretty good. Um But it's intense. Like we sat in the north section, which is like where all of the hardcore, they're called Torcida. They're like the Mm -hmm. really hardcore fans. Um, We sat at the very, very, very top of the stands. Like you get in there, so you get super padded down. Like that's probably the most action I've had in a while. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) To make sure you're not smuggling in pyrotechnics. And uh, weapons. And then we get in and I'm like, oh, do we have like certain seats and stuff? And they're like, no, 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 no. In the north section, like it's not, you just fucking sit anywhere you can find a seat. We ended up sitting at the top of like, you know, like stadium stands at the top. There's just like a kind of an aisle. Um, We basically ended up sitting on the wall of the stadium at the top of the stands because I was like, I don't really want to be in there. And they, everyone ends up standing the whole time. They're singing the whole time, chanting in all of this Croatian. And apparently a lot of the songs are like, we hate you, Zagreb. You're actually Serbians, like super racist stuff. (laughs) Um, And like really, and also I did not realize how racist Croatia is, but they're waving Confederate flags that say white boys (laughs) on it and white power. I will say, like, I feel like most hardcore football fans tend towards being very, 
like we just had a thing last week in Australia with the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras was on and there's a rivalry between Sydney and West Sydney and West Sydney basically their social media for their like biggest fan group put out a thing saying so there won't be any Sydney fans at the game because they're all going to be at the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras um, which got them in a lot of trouble because obviously they're basically saying going to that is a bad thing yeah. and that all the supporters so I mean I feel like it's pretty standard with hardcore fans to get a little bit a little out of bit, control yeah but a little bit in a props it was insane like lots of lots of singing lots of chanting um it was definitely an experience and then usually around the 65th minute all of a sudden all of the smuggled in pyrotechnics come out and they're shooting flares <laughs> and um there's smoke across the whole field they had to stop the game for like five ten minutes and apparently the team gets penalized when this happens and oh, so yeah. like my friend was saying it was like a hundred thousand euros worth of penalties are probably coming from how many flares they let off during the game and i posted a video on my instagram and i can share it on our comes with baggage one if people want to see it but a bunch i got a bunch of messages when i woke up in the morning of people being like is this is it on fire like everyone thought the stadium was on fire <laughs> and i was like eh, just flares but it was insane i like i it's an experience yeah that would piss you off as club administrator. Like, yes, we've got fans, but they keep costing us a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Oh, well, that sounds cool, though. I'd love to go to, like, a big classic derby match, like, um, you know, between two heated rivals. I mean, yeah. Jub, when we spoke with him, we were trying to see if he'd been to any any big derbies, but he hadn't managed to make any. Um, no, this but, and uh, they that's... do actually call it the derby. That's funny. Um, yeah, they usually do. We've got a bunch in Australia. I know England has like the Merseyside Derby and the Manchester Derby and all of that. So, I mean, it's, I guess, because well, football... Well, and you've got the um, El Clasico, which is like Real Madrid. Yeah, the El Clasico, yeah. yeah. There's one in, um, in, there's a bunch around the world. Like Australia has like six. Yeah. And that makes sense because uh, I know even American football, you've got rivalries, but they don't really go quite as deep, I feel like. No. Um, as the football ones. Yeah, I mean, in America, um, I mean, week... maybe the baseball, like... New York. I mean, yeah, but they would some... never, you wouldn't get like, like there were like hundreds of full armored cops at this thing. Like they wouldn't yeah. even let in the away fans until kickoff had already started. And then they slowly oh, wow. let them in and like very slowly, like it took forever for the away fans. They only get one section of the stadium and then there's two mm. empty sections in between. Oh, to keep like some buffering. Yeah. That's crazy. It was insane. And then my friend was <laughs> telling me when he went to the one in Zagreb, they had to go in all black. They had to park in like this special area. There's all these cops taking pictures of the buses and the taxis. So like if anything was to happen, um, they like had record of what, ones had different fans like it was crazy and then they had to wear like balaclavas so that people couldn't see your face because if they see you after if they recognize you after the game like they'll beat the shit out of you he said it was so fucking insane that's crazy well that's much more exciting than my week (laughs) although um on monday uh rochelle and i went to the local sulfur baths here in tbilisi Ooh, Um, and that was really nice like i mean the smell obviously sulfur smells like eggs and farts but the actual bath experience was really nice. You get a private room, you soak, there's a hot and a cold one. Were you guys uh, naked? A... Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> the two of you. So yeah. Rochelle got a rub down. I passed because um, the rub down's like basically a very like intense loofering and they soap you up yeah. and stuff. But uh, while she got like a, you know, a, a girl to do hers, they're like, oh, no, they'll bring a boy in to do yours. I'm like, I don't want to be roughed up while I'm naked <laughs> by a man. That to me just is not my thing. I'm like, nah. I mean, being roughed up by a woman naked also not my thing, but not by a man. No, thank you. Hard pass. I'm good. I can scrub myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was good. Uh, oh, and we won the local trivia comp, so that was nice. Fine. Won, uh, a cheek, won a cheeky 380 lari, which is like uh, $140 Australia, US. Wow, so that's not a, a bad, lot. Not a bad night, yeah. We've never won it before, Especially so for that a was quiz. good. Especially for a quiz. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's not each. We obviously had to split it between the five of us, but uh, not a bad night. Not a bad week in general. And uh, yeah, work stress as the usual. No, but work still like work stress. in most pub quizzes and stuff I do in like England, like you maybe get a 50 pound bar tab that you can like oh, split no, there's a between lot of everyone. Teams. There's like eight or nine teams, each with six people. Each each team you're paying per person like uh, a dollar US. So yeah, it adds up. Um, cool. It adds up. That was pretty nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, mm. The other story I was going to tell real quick, just because I thought it was really cool, just because I've been, you know, living in London, like, yeah, I have a couple friends from Australia and whatever, but 
we all live there. Um, and so being here and there's not a lot of backpackers, but the few that there are, um, traveling right now always end up coming to pretty much the two bars that I go to. Cause they're kind of like the backpack. Well, one's a backpacker bar and one's kind of an expat bar. Mm-hmm. Um, that will, that's the one that my friend owns. And, um, so I met a couple people like this Australian girl, Georgie, and she ended up coming out to, uh, an Island with us and she's like traveling for a year. And then, um, this other girl, Tiffany, I just met her a couple days ago. She's from California. She's actually from not far where I'm from. And she was going to go to med school and decided she don't want to do medicine anymore. And so she just packed a bag and left. <laughs> and this is her first time. Yeah. I think it's her first time she said traveling internationally and she's, it's open-ended. She has no idea how long she's going for and she's just going. But, um, I was like, oh, we should meet up. Like a lot of places she said she was going, I've been before. So I was like, you know, I can name some places you should check out that I really enjoy, blah, blah, blah. So we met at this bar, which is very a very nice kind of a pub. It's an Irish guy owns it, but it, it's it's nice. Like he's everyone works there is Dalmatian, and there's a lot of Dalmatian customers. But it is kind of an mm-hmm. expat bar as well. Um, and so we're sitting there, and it's me, her, this American guy who owns a restaurant. He's lived in Split for like eight years, and then this British guy that was traveling. And we're just sitting there talking travel, and like he found out he spoke Korean and then like the British guy lived in a bunch of places. And I don't know. It was like, I was like, this is what I miss from traveling is running into people from different. I mean, she was from California. It's not that different backgrounds, but um, (laughs) I felt like I was getting to impart my wisdom on someone. And then (laughs) like, it was just, I don't know. It was, I had one of those like moments of like that feeling you get when you are backpacking when you're mm-hmm. like in a bar with a bunch of people you just met, but somehow you feel like really good friends with them because it's just easy. Yeah. And sure, they left the next day, and I don't know if or when I'd ever see them again. But like, it felt really. You wouldn't like walk into a bar. I don't know at home and just start oh, talking God, no. to random people, and then just like be. I don't know. It, it was just no, a very like. Oh, I feel like I'm traveling again. Like even though I am here working remotely, I'm only here for a short amount of time. So like, I kind of get the best of both worlds. But mm-hmm. it was just a really nice feeling. And I was like, God, I miss... Hopefully with this coronavirus stuff that's happening, I'm kind of avoiding going to the States as long as I can because I'm worried that that's going to be a really big outbreak. Oh, uh, it's going to be a nightmare in the States. Considering no healthcare, no, one, no, healthcare, <laughs> no, sick so no days. one's getting checked. So I'm yeah, like, and no sick days either. So people are going to work through it. Yeah, so I feel like if I could get this extended, my, my working remotely extended, I'm just going to keep going to different places i think i'm going to germany next nice nice yeah but yeah so cool yeah so that's about it for for our life updates this week a little longer than usual but i had so much to tell you (laughs) um but this week we have a really interesting topic i'm surprised it's actually something that we haven't touched on yet really I feel like we've sort of we've we've touched on it in in a little way in a lot of episodes, but not as an episode all of its own. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, this week's topic is social media and tourism. So how it affects it positively, how it affects it negatively, all all those sorts of things. So should we just start <laughs> kicking it off? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's just I don't start know. I don't know how to trip. Like all those sorts of things. Yeah, let's, things. let's the pros, the cons, the goods, the bads, the lives, the deaths. <laughs> all the synonyms for that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's jump right in. Um, what would you say one of the best effects social media has had on tourism, in kind of a blankety statement sort of way, and then we can deep dive into things. Sure. I mean, for me, I think the the biggest impact it's had is is letting people like get information uh, and inspiration through like a broader variety of sources. Like, you know, before social media, you were basically getting it from either like a guidebook or a, or maybe a blog. Um, but I mean, social media makes it so much more accessible. You know, you can just be sitting on the couch scrolling and you can see a place that inspires you or see a cool video that makes you want to try some, you know, like scuba diving or kiteboarding or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it puts it puts travel inspiration in like at people's fingertips in a way that previously you had to like get a glossy catalog or you had to, you know, buy that lonely planet with, with for some reason, zero pictures in it. Um, I know that I is think, very yeah. weird that travel books, I think it's changed a little bit now, but they used to have like literally no photos. <laughs> 
Yeah, rough rough guides does pictures now. Um, but I know Lonely Planet and like the Frommers guides, Frommers. it's it's very much just like dense information. Yeah. But I think they're not there to sell the destination. They know you're already going if you bought the book. So there, it's just here is all of this information, however dubiously researched it may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the big thing with social media. It just lets, uh, it lets you know average people see things and places and people that they might not have otherwise encountered. Um, which can be good. Uh, obviously, then the negative to that is that it can lead to a place getting completely ruined um, because everyone's trying to recreate that particular shot. Um, you know, there's places that are become iconic to the point that people go there just to get that selfie or get that picture, and then they're, you know, at the time they're there, they're maybe trampling on stuff or they're putting people out in doing so. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mixed blessing. You've got people are discovering places they might not have ever heard of, but then over tourism becomes an issue and we've had a whole episode on that like too much of a good thing yeah the episode too much of a good thing we did talk a lot about over tourism and and social media is a big part of that especially with like instagram influencers and lists coming like listicles and things like that of like these are the top places to go visit and see yeah. this year of you know all that stuff um <clears throat> i agree with you 100 percent. like there is i know for me especially when i first started traveling I love, like, all I followed were travel bloggers and, I mean, that's how I met you. (laughs) Um, Travel bloggers and, like, a bunch of people on Instagram and I would just scroll through and, like, Mm -hmm. I loved just looking and, like, kind of mentally creating my own list of all the places I wanted to see and to tick off and, like, but your, and then your bucket list just gets longer and longer and longer. Um, but then also it, and sometimes it would also make me feel bad though. Cause especially when I was home and like either didn't have the funds or the time or the ability at that moment, cause whatever was going on in my life to travel when all yeah, I had get, in my feed, FOMO. yeah. When all I had in my feed was travel bloggers and Instagram influencers who would travel or travel influencers. I would just feel like, like, ugh, like how come I'm not doing what they're doing? How not, how come I'm not where they're at? And like a lot yeah, of times and that's... those photos aren't coming from exactly in that moment. Like a lot of people No, very rarely. Yeah. Could go home and be tra- like be home and be working and actually doing normal boring stuff and they're just posting a photo from a trip 6 months ago. But like you don't know that when you see it pop up on your on your feed. I mean, that's the thing too. People getting almost like like feed envy, like cuz Social media lets you portray yourself as you want to be seen. Oh, it's like completely curated. Self. It's a curated yeah. depiction of and, your life. I mean, especially Instagram, but even your Facebook feed, unless you've got a few melodramatic friends who are like, you know, sharing a sad <laughs> status and then saying, don't ask. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I social media portrays... Oh, they're the worst. But like, social media portrays this idealized version of your life, which means if your life is going shit and you're not reading, reading behind the happy glossy statuses and photos your friends are posting it can lead to you getting your own like minor form of like depression mm-hmm. uh you know you're seeing all these successful people and they're posting their travel pictures and their lovely couple selfies and you're like well why isn't my life more together mm-hmm. but in truth i think a lot of people you know you might look at that cute couple selfie and not know that they were arguing right before they took it or that he's secretly worried because he's run up his credit card debt i mean social media lets you share your life but it lets you share this the version of your life you want other people to see yeah and that that can lead to you know resentment or people feeling like they're they're, they don't have it as together as you because you're just doing such a good job of faking it you know you want to know a funny story of what made me kind of that click for me of like Mm. i don't take a lot of stuff seriously on social media feeds anymore like it is i one of the reasons i do love it is because people i have met when i'm traveling I love adding them on Instagram and being able to see the rest of their trip after I've met them. Like that is one of my favorite things. Like a couple, like the girl Georgie that I just met, like she's moved on to Dubrovnik and then she's going to uh, Montenegro and stuff. And like, we were talking about that when she was here and now I get to watch her actually go and do all these things. And because now I know her, it's fun. But um, one thing that was always really funny is like, I remember, I can't remember what, maybe it was Mexico, I think. There was a couple that was traveling and that stayed at the hostel for like a week or something, got to know them really well. They were a terrible couple. Like they were a horrible (laughs) couple to each other. They, I mean, lovely people individually, but like you could just tell they are not a happy relationship, a healthy relationship. But all they would post was like how happy they are and how beautiful it is where they are and how much fun they're having together on this trip. 
And I was like, yeah. this, and like, it was so funny because like, I would see it on my screen and then I would be sitting there with them. And I'm like, it, something very much clicked in me of like, I will never, ever again look at a picture of a happy couple on Instagram and ever feel bad because I'm, yeah, I'm, what? I'm living it real life of like, it's so could be, not to say that every happy couple on Instagram is lying, um, no. but it's not always what it seems. And they pretty much got divorced about six months after they got back from their trip. <laughs> Like when I was in that uh, horrible abusive relationship, like if mm-hmm. you just looked at my Facebook feed, you wouldn't have known. Like everything was cutesy, cute couple pictures oh, yeah. and like statuses about how much we liked each other. And all of that was true. You know, obviously I wasn't writing it to lie, but it was almost like if I if I said it often enough, it might come to be the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, for me as well. So, I mean, I think it's, you don't want people to see, you know, your weakness and your vulnerability. And you do want people to think of you as successful and inspiring. So, I mean, it makes sense that you tell these white lies by just omitting the uglier side of of what's going on. And that's especially true in travel and especially true with influencers whose main job tends to be to get people to go to places. Uh, I mean, I've been paid for Aussie on the Road. I've been paid to mention places on Instagram. I've been paid to travel to places and spend the week there doing Instagram stories and writing about it. So, I mean... You look at those and they're glossy and they're perfect, but they are still advertising. It's just that it's done in a way that is supposed to feel more personal because, you know, there's a a human being making all of these posts so you can see and hear talk if they're doing live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's very, I mean, most people I think now are aware that the majority of influencers are either horrible, shallow narcissists or they're getting paid to do it or both uh, in some cases. Or the photos themselves are incredibly curated. Oh, incredibly like, edited. Yeah. Like, well, when, when like you... not only just edited, but the photos themselves, like the effort that goes into getting that perfect shot, the 50 photos you took to get the spin just right on your dress or to, you know, to make sure no one's in the background. And like... I can... Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and I can guarantee when they get back, they're going to, they're taking them on cameras rather yeah. than smartphones and they're editing the fuck out of them. Yeah. Uh, and I know because that's what I did. That's That was my job. I'd take them on my, my DSLR and then I'd take them home and I'd edit them and carefully play with all the settings and then re-upload it and make it seem like I'd just done it right now. Like, oh, loving the view from here on the Grand Canyon yeah. in South Rim. You know, like it, it creates... And this is... It creates this thing of expectation versus reality. Like we've all seen those breathtaking photos of the Taj Mahal or yeah. the Great Wall of China and being like, wow, I can experience this. But you get there and the crowds are fucking like elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. Um, and oh that's because God. often those beautiful photos are are taken, you know, either with permission. So they're done before they're open or they've cordoned off an area so the photo can be taken. Mm-hmm. Or it took immense planning. I mean, I've got some great photos of Angkor Wat with no people in them because I got there at like three in the morning and waited. Like, yeah. Well, it's just just the expectation versus reality is an issue. Like a lot of people get in get into their heads, yeah. So when I went to the Louvre in Paris, first of all, when you see a picture of what the Mona Lisa looks like, like just what like the actual not the physical painting, but the just a photo of the print or print of it, mm-hmm. um, you don't expect that when you get there, it is literally this tiny framed. It's like. 16 by 20 it's so tiny (laughs) and there's a huge rope around it and so you can't even get close to it and then there's about a hundred people all with their phones out (laughs) all with their cameras out like taking a photo of and like what do you like okay there it is like in the picture you're like just taking a picture of the Mona Lisa I've never understood it's like to prove that. that you've seen it which to be fair I'm guilty of it I've done it but like then I look back on that photo and I'm like, why did I even take this photo? I'm never going to bring this photo out and be like, hey, look, there's Mona Lisa. <laughs> look, like, there it is. I saw it, obviously, because I took this photo. So that's a weird cultural thing I've noticed. Certain cultures are big on that. I've been to museums uh, in China and people will literally walk from every, like, by every single display yeah. exhibit and they'll photograph it, like every single one. And I'm like, are you making like an album? Are you going to like do a slideshow for the people who couldn't come today? It's insane how I don't see the point <laughs> in taking a photo of every fucking like ceramic bowl in a museum, but that's what they'll do. Just do, 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 do. Yeah, and not actually so even weird. really look at them or read about them or like, no, no. They're just like, snap, snap, snap. I was here. World's b- most most boring photo album on the fucking planet. Yeah. It'd be like as thick as like a, like my leg and just be photos of things behind glass. It just, why? Why are you doing this? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm more of an yeah. architecture 
learn oh, yeah. when I'm traveling. Yeah. So like I'll have a million, like I've already taken, and I t- mentioned this in the last episode, I've taken so many pictures of Old Town Split and like I took more today when I was just walking <laughs> home from my hike because like I just catch different things that I just think is so beautiful of like the old style of the way that all of these buildings are made and how old and beautiful they are. Um, and so I'm such a, like all of my cameras would be just filled with pictures of buildings and yeah, things like oh, that. that makes sense. I love and... architecture as well. Architecture and just like beautiful landscapes. Oh, I yeah. can't get enough of them. Vistas, lookout points. Yeah, yeah. I love that shit too. Now, just important question though. Yeah. Do you, do you actually take time to appreciate them? Uh, in the moment or are you too busy trying to get that perfect photo and i don't think this applies to you necessarily but it's social media in general that seems is to something be a big issue. yeah that is something that's really well so i will say that when social media first kind of became a thing so like when facebook and instagram really first like took off as, as especially when it pertained to travel stuff i was really bad about like just taking pictures of things because I thought it was because I, I mean I would look at something and I'd be like oh this is really pretty I need a picture of it but then like mm. take the picture and then you look at your camera and you're like oh yeah that's a good picture or if it's not good you take another one and then I'm like oh yeah that's a good picture and then you like I've done this on highway one before in California and then you get back in your car and you keep going but I have and I used to be really bad about that at concerts as well yeah, you're like, not experiencing the moment. Yeah. You're like seeing and it so through I've the screen of your camera or your phone. Very hardcore flipped on that. Whereas, like, if I'm on a concert, I've made a rule: um, max two videos. <laughs> like, I especially honestly, on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that. Like, because not only just for well, first of all, as a viewer of someone who's watched an entire concert on someone's Instagram story, well, I haven't didn't actually watch it. I just clicked through it. Like, that's the thing is, everyone just clicks through it. It's not gonna. It's gonna sound weird. I can't really see yeah, anything. Like, I don't give a shit that you were at this concert. Um, mm-hmm. Except maybe if you posted once and then like you tagged who you were seeing, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I've always wanted to see them. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. don't want to watch the entire thing. But then also, from the point of being at the concert or being at the place, like, I don't want to stand there with a bunch of people who all have their phones out. And so the, the worse and worse that got, the more it started making me, like, adverse to it. And so now if I'm traveling, like I have to like sit there, like last night I took myself to dinner and I turned my phone on airplane mode and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and have dinner to myself, have some wine, have some really good food. There was music playing and I was like, and I'm just going to people watch in the restaurant and enjoy this. Cause a lot of times I'll go and I'll read my Kindle on my phone or I'll even like, I'll even watch Netflix on my phone sometimes if I'm eating by myself somewhere at a restaurant. Oh wow. And like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'll just just play Pokemon Go. Well, yeah. So it's like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm in a beautiful restaurant, eating beautiful food, drinking beautiful wine, listening to beautiful music. And I'm going to look at a screen? Like, no. And so I just sat there and just enjoyed it. And I took a couple pictures of it because I was like, I want to capture this moment to like, remember. It was a really lovely night. But I have made a very big effort, especially in the last year or so, to like really be in the moment. But people are really bad for that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, you'll be at the Grand Canyon. You will see people who, at no point, do I actually see them stopping and just looking. They're, like, either they're moving from place to place to take the next photo or they're taking the photo. And it's, like, I mean, that's your decision. If you want just a million photos of you looking good in front of the Grand Canyon, you've paid your entry fee, you've paid to get here, cool, good for you. But it just seems like a waste. Like, the Grand Canyon is spectacular. Like, maybe just take five minutes to sit down on a bench or on the ground and just look out at it and soak that in. Well, and, that's, and then take your mom photos. Yeah. I mean, well, that's how you're going to remember it as well. Because I yeah. feel like if you don't sit there and mentally, like, take a beat to look out and enjoy something, you're going to not really have that good of a memory of it in the first place. Or, like, retain yeah, but- that image. But travel, for some people, that's what travel is. Like, you know, like, it's it's kind of condescending of me to say, like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Because some people, travel is literally just collecting photos and and, and the stamps in the passport or the, the checklist. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for them, it's... it's. I'm not saying that that's wrong, although in my heart, I feel like that's wrong. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, like, for them, it's just, okay, now I've been to this country, I got the three obligatory pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower and went to the Louvre, and now I don't have to go back to France, now I'm going to go here. Um, and I mean, for some people, that's how they want to travel. And I, I mean, I'd say I don't want to judge, but I'm judging. Um, I'm I'm judging. I'll admit that. Like that. Yeah. Like I just, it's not, I'm not so much judging you. I think you're depriving yourself of. Yeah. I mean, I've literally, 
I've literally sold safaris where the person's like, so we want to see these animals. And I'm like, well, yeah, we can't promise that, but we'll do our best. And like, but once we've seen them, we don't want to see them again. Like they literally had a checklist and they were like, well, after we've got photos of lions, I don't want to have to stop for lions again. And it's like, that's such a weird way to go on safari, but hey, you're paying, you know, it's your money. If you just want to drive from animal to animal, go to a fucking zoo. But yeah. um, I mean, that's just how some people travel. To them, it's a status thing or it's a, it's just a thing, you know, they want to check off their list. And if that's how you want to live your life, power to you. It sounds miserable, but power to you. Yeah. Well, another positive thing I want to bring up about social media and traveling is one thing that I really love is using it, using social media as a forum for advice. So whether it's Facebook groups, like I've used girls love travel so much, although I kind of have it out against them right now, but, um, it used to be their, their moderators are like, like authoritarian dictators. Yeah. Well, and also I think cause it got so big because it is a very popular group for women who travel. It's girls love travel. If anyone wants to join the group. Um, but because it got so big, like if you post, it disappears like within, unless you have a bunch of posts, like comments on it, like immediately Mm -hmm. after it just disappears in the feed because so many people are posting, um, now because there's so many members, but it used to be, it used to be my go-to, like anytime I was traveling somewhere, um, or needed advice on anything or just wanted to hear if anyone was kind of feeling the same thing or having the same issue as me with something, I would post it there and you would get like people couldn't help but wanting to be so helpful and some of my posts have gotten like 50 comments when i went to belize um i'd never been to belize before neither my friend we only had three days on key cocker and i posted and we must have gotten 50 comments of like where we had to eat what we had to do and all of the places we went to and they were all amazing we did the same this... like snorkeling tour got recommended 12 times. So we're like, okay, we'll definitely, <laughs> we're doing this Must one. be good. <laughs> yeah. This kind of ties into what Chris was saying on our interview with him about uh, the expat life in that like Facebook groups can be really good for this. Um, you know, like it, before you get to a place, you can jump in their local expat group uh, and, and that can be hit and miss. As I said, the one in Da Nang, Vietnam, full of assholes. The one here in Tbilisi though, if you went in and said you were looking, you know, I'm going to be here for a week. I want to know what restaurants to eat at and what places to recommend. You yeah. would have so many recommendations. Yeah. Um, Reddit can also be really good for this. Yeah. Um, usually there's, obviously there's Reddit travel, but that's a bit broad. But you can go to the individual destinations and some of them are really active and good. The one for Georgia, quite good. Uh, some of them are obviously very quiet or shit or barely alive anymore. Mm-hmm. But you can get some good advice there. In fact, I spend a lot of time answering people's questions about safaris in a in an unofficial capacity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, trying to nudge them in the direction yeah. of booking with me. But usually, you know, I'm happy. I'm in the Tanzania and the Africa Reddit's answering questions because I, I know the answers, and it's fun to know and it's fun to help people. Yeah, I mean, like when I took that girl Tiffany for beers the other night, I was like, you know, like let's like come meet up with me tomorrow night. Like you're going to a bunch of places I've been. I'd love to like give you some some advice. I ended up hooking her up with a couple people I knew, or at least like messaging both of them together on Instagram being like, Hey girl, I just met. She's awesome. She travels. You travel too. She's coming to your town. If you feel like playing tour guide, like go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, or if you're not, if you're busy, whatever, like, can you recommend some places for her? And like, I mean, it's so much better than like, I mean, I find that better than going on like TripAdvisor and like TripAdvisor kind of is a form of social media because it's all user-generated content and reviews and stuff. But, like, there's mm-hmm. so many weird tactics and ways people go about getting reviews nowadays that Oh, God, it's yeah, really bribery and to... begging. Yeah, like, I remember being at a place, they literally stood at the table. And, like, mm-hmm. if you yeah. give them a five-star review, then you'll get, you know, 20% off your bill or something like that. And that's Vietnam right there. Like Hoi An, it's like a, a, like a mafia almost. Yeah. It's like this. The, t- the number one restaurant in Hoi An... It's okay, but I know the reason it's number one is because the guy gives you free cocktails and like begs you. He's so nice. I love him, but it's like your restaurant's not the best restaurant in town. Like, yeah. So I try to stay away from TripAdvisor, um, unless I'm just looking. Like especially like today, like I want to go get my nails done, and I'm like, Mm. I would have not the first idea where to go um, here in Split, somewhere nearby. So like I almost use it kind of as a like give me a list of some places, and then. I'll kind of, you know, look through prices, hours, all that stuff. But I like Facebook groups, Reddit. I do love Reddit. Um, Instagram. Twitter can be really good too. Yeah. 
Twitter's good when you have like good people asking the right questions, like more yeah, popular yeah. people, I guess, asking about a place, and then you can read all the comments. Um, I like Instagram stories, especially if you have a lot of friends on Instagram that you've met traveling or you know have traveled a lot. I like posting questions on my Instagram story, like, "Hey, I'm going here." If you've been here, yeah, that's so good. Tips. I haven't never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, you I know get, what? And then that's all like friend, like most of the people that respond are people I know, and obviously, if I like you, then we tend to probably have similar taste in things. That's true. So you're right. But you know what? We're leaving yeah. out. We're leaving out a really big part of social media. We're talking about all these benefits, like as they're directly to travel, but probably the biggest one, and we keep we're sort of touching on it without saying it is all these connections you've made over the years that without social media, you'd have to sustain via email or like calling one another. Oh yeah. Like Facebook in particular, Facebook has become such a big part of our lives that we almost forget how different things were without it. Like you, you didn't have this list of friends at your fingertips. You had maybe an address book or a list of emails contacts and you would have to make that effort to get in touch without social media. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't be as easy as, oh, I see that, you know, you're married now. Or hey, I see it's your birthday. You'd have to have, like, I remember this. I had a, a book with, with everyone's phone number and email address and their birthday in it if they mattered to me that much. And I would have to, you know, like that was how you kept in touch. You made that effort. Yeah, I don't think Instagram was around when I first started traveling, but I know Facebook definitely was. So I don't remember traveling yeah. without Facebook. And I do remember it was like everyone you met was like, do you have Facebook? Do you have Facebook? Facebook, <laughs> like, Facebook had just become widely used the year I started traveling. Yeah. So I got to South Korea and like all of my friends had it, but it was very new. Like this is back when you couldn't comment on things. Like you just had statuses and you could write on each other's walls. Yeah, you just no had walls. That's right. Yeah. And you couldn't message it. There was no messenger yet. Um, so it was literally like basically like MySpace. Yeah. Um, and I remember trying to organize to hang out. You'd have like, they'd write on your wall, we're going to meet here at seven. And then you'd write on their wall, wait, where is that? And then, and and this is pre-smartphone as well. So like once you left your computer, yeah. you could not find that person without their phone number, um, which makes it sound like, oh, oh, in my day, but talking about the benefits of social media and travel, it's made it so much easier to stay in contact with both the people you meet while you travel, but also how many times have you been in like a really, like a stressful situation where you needed to get like to call home or to, uh, you know, arrange for someone to pick you up because your airport transfer didn't arrive. That's usually done via social media. You know, like most people don't travel with a local SIM card. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's had the, a huge with benefit. With all of the apps that are, well, I mean, even with like Facebook calling, you can do Instagram calling, you can do WhatsApp calling. Like you don't Skype actually <laughs> really need a SIM card if you're in a place. You just yeah, need as as you've a Wi-Fi wi connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you lived in a world without social media, we'd be traveling very differently, uh, which I guess is what we're talking about here. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I love those, those, like all those different forums that have popped up that have really helped me kind of find, and like, that's how I found like the cool sort of unknown underground places, the places that my friends have stumbled upon and then they share that knowledge, whether it's through Facebook or Instagram or all that stuff. And I think that's a good benefit, but of course it has its lows as well. Um, which I know we've touched on a few, but one of the things that really does suck, and I know we touched on it a lot in our over tourism episode but how just like one famous person or a couple famous people or, you know, big influencers or whatever going to one place, all of a sudden it like ruins that place. It doesn't have the same charm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then on top of that, often that influencer only went to that place for that photo. Yeah. So they have no authority on like what to do beyond that. Yeah. So you get people going to places just to get that photo and then kind of, now what <laughs> lost yeah exactly like um yeah it's definitely a um uh, it can be a big problem because yeah a place can get completely stampeded when it's not ready for tourism yet because you know it got discovered yeah by an influencer well um, and sometimes that that can work out well if the place is ready to embrace tourism and they have the time to get infrastructure in place it can start a little cottage industry mm -hmm. but other times i mean there's that like famously like um like sunflower fields right oh yeah uh, where they get trampled by people trying to get that perfect photo of the sunflower field or, you know, some influencer takes a really cool shot in a place that's actually not open to tourists, like on the Great Wall of China, for example. And then you get people who try and emulate that shot by going to that closed section and obviously that can damage the Great Wall. It's not necessarily safe. Yeah. 
Um, and that kind of leads into the probably the biggest thing we play we yeah. talked about pre-airing, which is like the number of deaths and injuries caused by people trying to get that perfect selfie. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, and actually, weirdly, unrelated to this episode, earlier this week I was just bored. And I found a link on Reddit to the list of selfie deaths and injuries on Wikipedia. And holy fuck, is it long? How and many some is of the there? stories, oh my God, I don't even know. Like, there's so many. And, and I, I, it's not all of them. I think they're just the notable ones. Yeah. But some of them are so depressing. The number of them where it's like one person falls into a river or whatever, and then family members went in to save them and all died. Uh, well, that often, was. A lot of these. I mean, we've got the three travel bloggers. They were yeah, yeah. she getting a photo or something at the top of a waterfall and she fell and then the two guys went after her and then they fell and they all Pretty sure. Died. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably the most common I saw was people uh, either getting hit by trains is super common. And in fact, if you go to that Wikipedia page, the top comment or the top incident is three teenage girls. You, you can see the selfie. Behind them, you see the light of the train as it comes around the corner. And just after they uploaded it, it hit them. And I think Kate said two of them died instantly and one died in hospital yeah. later. Um, but like to see that photo with them being like, oh, taking photos on the train track. How crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that is crazy. What the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. Um, um, so there was something I was just looking at something and it said a, a report found this is only between 2011 and 2017. So it's a few years outdated. But between 2011 and 2017, 259 people died while stepping in front of the camera in dangerous destinations. Jeez, and that actually sounds like it's probably um, an underestimate because I don't think every every country's reporting every death. Like, but yeah, that's that's a lot. Like, just trying to get a photo, people. Like, yeah. Well, there's this. They they bring up this girl, uh, Wu, who was um, a Instagram influencer, a travel influencer, and she kind of found her niche. Like, she was a big hiker, and then oh, this she, is the naked hiker, isn't it? Yeah. So she'd take pictures in like bikinis or whatever at the top of hikes in like often very cold conditions. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, and a lot of people like, obviously she hikes in normal clothes. Um, yeah, yeah. she brought the bikini with her. Um, but she was doing some big hike in Taiwan and, mm -hmm. um, basically when she was trying to summit it, she fell a hundred feet and landed in a ravine. And then she contacted friends by satellite phone. And like, by the time people got to her, she had already died either by, they didn't know if it was by hypothermia or by internal injuries, but like she had built this following because she has this like niche thing of climbing to high peaks and taking pictures in bikinis and like doing that led to her death. I mean, it wasn't I mean, so I feel much... bad for her because she was actually yeah. like a really qualified hike. I mean, she had a satellite phone yeah. with her on this hike. So that's like very prepared, but the probably the other repercussion of what she does is that people who might not know that she's hiking fully yeah. equipped and you know not in a bikini the whole time might yeah. try and do that yeah. and then that's a problem <laughs> like yeah um, absolutely but yeah selfie selfie deaths i mean yeah, not just in dangerous places usually you know on like it happens on cliff tops people falling and Ugh. stuff but also, also with animals I just like got, sorry, people trying to get wait, selfies with bears <laughs> I just got the chills when you say that stuff, though, because that is one of the <laughs> biggest, like, my whole body just convulsed. Um, I just got, like, cause, you know, because we were talking about this earlier. You posted a video on our Twitter, like, a week ago. Oh, God. Of a woman yeah, yeah. on the edge of this, like, round, huge rock. I don't even know what you call it. And yeah, she, yeah, like a... And she's, like, and it's a video of her just scooting herself closer and closer and closer. And I couldn't even, I remember when I saw that on our Twitter and I just like immediately had to shut my computer. I couldn't watch it. And like, I don't even know if it showed her falling or not, but like. No, it doesn't. My, it doesn't. I kept expecting it to. My <laughs> biggest, like, oh, like I'm still getting chills. So my biggest, like, I hate, <laughs> I don't hate heights. I hate falling. And I hate also the idea of seeing someone else fall. So not only will yeah. I not go to the edge of things, like I like give myself like a real big different dis distance <laughs> between the edges of things, but I also like, I'll be with friends and they'll want a photo and I'm like, not you're too close. Like I can't even look at you to take the photo because I don't want to have, and it's probably more of a selfish thing. I don't want to have that mental image in my head for the rest of my life of <laughs> you falling to your death. <laughs> that just so, like, when we were at the Grand, <laughs> when we were at the Grand Canyon last year, I've, I have no problem with heights at all. But I'm not stupid, so like I know where I know where it's safe for me to stand. Like I wasn't going right to the lip, 
but one of my brothers was so freaked out if I was even within like three steps of the edge. Oh, that's me. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he was free. He, I like, so I started dancing around like, and I'm, as I said, I'm nowhere near the edge. I'm not going to fall. It's not going to collapse. I've, you know, I'm feeling very comfortable and safe, but he is just like, get away from there. Get away from there. <laughs> yeah. But you dancing around, like that makes it even worse. You could be one of those stupid people who like loses their footing and falls backwards. And then you oh, I don't fall over, what you, like ever. Well, you know what? <laughs> Until you do. <laughs> you don't, never say never. And um, I like, I, my uncle did, when we went, we hiked in Yosemite last summer and my uncle made me take a, and my uncle's like a rock climber. Like he's a huge, huge hiker, huge rock climber. He's a very safe person. But we got to the top of Nevada Falls, which is this huge rushing waterfall. And he's taking a picture. Like, there's no railing, which I think is very stupid of this park to, like... Like, apparently a certain number of people fall off of Nevada Falls every year. Because they want to get a picture towards the edge. And then they lose their footing or they slip or they miscalculate a step or something. And they end up falling into the waterfall. And, like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Cliffs of Moher. People are always falling off the Cliffs of Moher, which I think is so stupid they climb over the fence i just don't I'm, oh right to get that picture. yeah to get the yep. picture they don't want the fence in the picture it won't look authentic no no then yeah exactly yeah. and that's that's sort of something that influencers can have a little bit of the blame for because our job uh is to create that perfect image even if it's not recreatable mm-hmm. um which can be yeah or safe a huge to issue. recreate yeah yeah i mean just uh, just recently, someone got hit by a train in Vietnam trying to do a picture on the famous train track there, like the one that goes through town. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know what else we can say about so, it. It's dumb. Well, yeah, so go, <laughs> sorry. So I did cut you off and you were going into animals. <laughs> oh, just taking selfies with animals. Like, I mean, certain animals, it's, you know, like a quokka is not going to kill you. But <laughs> the number of people who get killed trying to get a perfect photo of a lion or a bear, um either with them in it or just trying to take a photo because they don't understand that wild animals are wild animals mm-hmm. um, is also a big issue. Um, and it ties into the whole selfie desk, but there's been stories of people getting mauled by, by animals because they got too close either trying to get a selfie, which is extra stupid, or just trying to take a photo of a wild animal from too close, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... One thing that I thought... Like, I mean, I've heard of that in... Um... Lake Tahoe, because that's kind of where I'm near where I'm from. And there were a group of people who tried to get pictures with a bunch of bears that they saw during this, like, salmon run thing. And so there's always a lot of bears Mm. around and stuff. And they ended up getting, like, mauled by the bears. And a lot of times people don't die in these incidents. um, But they're still very dangerous and very painful, I'm sure. And scarring for the rest of your life, all because you wanted a photo. Just so yep. ridiculous. Um, exactly. But in this other article that I was reading, which I found this very interesting. So I was talking to someone when I lived in New York. I remember there was this helicopter crash into the East River right by where I worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. And I always thought, like, there was something about, like, the fuel thing. I don't know. That it, I never, ever, ever knew, like, the real cause of it. And I don't think that was ever really mentioned or... Like, there was speculation about things, but it never had to do with a picture. Um, But Mm. in this, apparently there was something in the New York Times that said that the pilot, who was the only survivor, um, thinks that the crash occurred because a passenger was trying to take a photo of his feet dangling out of the helicopter door, a so-called shoe selfie, and accidentally hit the emergency fuel shutoff switch. All five passengers died. Yeah, that's what I read. I never, yeah. ever, ever known that. Like, I remember it happening. I remember seeing it. I remember the whole, like, day, pretty much, of it being crazy. And everyone was like, I, like, it's honestly, it scarred me from ever going into a helicopter. There's been too many helicopter crashes <laughs> recently. They're adding up to the point where I'm like, nope, never getting in one. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hope that was a good picture, at least. Like, he better have got the perfect picture, because he killed, what, four people? Himself. Including himself? Or five people? Yeah, five people total. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, and I'm sure if he'd survived that photo would have been on his Facebook wall. It would have garnered like 13 to 30 likes and then been buried in the million other posts that they yeah. make. Um, and that's kind of where it gets silly, you know, like that's a photo you take, you know, for the, for the kudos, mm-hmm. for the clout. Yeah, of course. And 
Like, I mean, if you're taking photos for yourself, that's fine. I mean, obviously don't take stupid photos and there's nothing wrong with taking photos to share with friends. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously you've got to take into account your own safety and the safety of others around you while doing this. Absolutely. And if you're an influencer, that's especially true because you basically are encouraging Well, it's in this, the name. You know? You're influencing yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundreds exactly. of thousands to millions of people. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a responsibility as an influencer. And I think a lot of influencers in our niche, like, don't take that seriously. Because, I mean, the problem is the travel niche, there's no membership club. Yeah. There's no like dues. There's no code of conduct. I mean, some of these influencers don't even write anything. Their uh -huh. literal whole job is Instagram. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that, of course, means that they're not purporting to be experts in a destination. They're purporting to be attractive people and all good photographers. Yeah, of course. So I wouldn't take travel advice from most Instagram influencers because I don't know how they travel. They don't tell me anything. They just have photos. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying travel bloggers are perfect because there's a lot of travel bloggers who visit a place for a day and then write seven blog posts about it like they're experts on it. Yeah. But you've just got to be careful like with what you believe and with what you consume. How real is it? Where is its authenticity coming from? Did this person go there out of their own interest or were they paid to go to this place and write about how great it was? Yeah. Well, that's why I think like going back to kind of what I said earlier, I think obviously for inspiration, um, I use Instagram and stuff a lot for that. And it is beautiful to look at things and, but for actual decision-making and what, where I might go and what I might do and where I'm going to eat and stay and all of that stuff, I think it's so much better to use forums. Um, so like yeah. back to the Facebook groups, the Reddit, um, asking your, friends on Facebook or asking your friends on Instagram, like if they've been somewhere, where should you go? Cause that's going to be the best advice you get and the most authentic or more yeah, authentic. I agree. I, agree. I wouldn't say it's going to be a hundred percent, but yeah, go to people you trust first, then go to people who don't have an like a ulterior motive second. And then exactly. maybe if you're really desperate, that's when you can start using like Instagram to get your ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one other small thing I just thought of uh, as a benefit of social media uh, is for small businesses who might not be able to afford a website, having a presence on Instagram and or Facebook uh, can be like in Vietnam in particular, websites aren't huge yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of restaurants and hotels will just have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that lets them have a web presence and let them lets them you know interact with potential customers without needing to know how to set up a I mean, not that it's hard to make a website, but a lot of people are daunted by that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's social media does let small businesses or, or like um, niche destinations have a presence that they might not otherwise be able to have. Yeah. Um, we don't need to go into a lot of detail on that, but it's just a little extra thing that often can get overlooked. No, I mean, I very much agree. Like there's a lot of places here because it's the off season that are closed mm -hmm. and um, it's all very small mom and pop, like sort of restaurants, small businesses here. There's no mm -hmm. chain like restaurants here uh, unless no. you go outside of the center. But there's because it's the off season, like on Google, it says, that oh, everything's open. open. Everything's yeah. open because they're not going <laughs> to change their hours on Google just for like, you know, a few weeks when they're closed for the season, for the winter season. Yeah. So oftentimes I'll I'll Google the name of them, but I'll look for the Instagram page or the facebook page because i'm thinking they would have announced like if they are closed they probably would have announced something as like their most recent instagram or facebook post like hey guys we're closing up and i do find that like eight times out of ten that is the case yeah or if they haven't then i'm like okay i'll take a shot and see if they're open and you know most of the time they are sometimes they're still not and i'm like man you should have fucking told your following <laughs> even though i'm not really yeah. following you i'm just referencing your stuff but like i get it like websites are really hard they're really expensive they're all pretty much once they're made, they're also not often updated. Oh, yeah. Once out there. yeah. So, like, when you have the Facebook and the Instagram, as long as they're kept up with, it's, like, real time. So you get and it's super easy the... to do from your phone. Yeah, Whereas updating the HTML on your site, not so easy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's the big thing, too. It's free. And as a traveler, um, so... I do use those a lot more, of like, for businesses. I look at their Facebook and their Instagram for information. Yeah, same here in Tbilisi. We do that as well. Make reservations, everything. It's yeah. just much easier that way. 100%. I think that's about all I've got at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it's a topic you could talk about forever. And maybe at some point we'll get a guest on who is an expert on social media or on the impact of social and we can have another more deep dive on it. But I think um, 
you know, I think that's a, I think we've done an all right job. Uh, if we haven't, let us know. Like if we've missed anything obvious, if we've glossed over something, if you're an influencer and you want to have a duel in the streets with me, that's fine. Do you have a dog um, trying to get into your house? <laughs> no, that dog is a, that dog is like down six flights <laughs> of stairs and across the fucking road. I hate that fucking dog. Um, <laughs> I it, tried it, to it's... listen to what you're saying and all I could hear, well, you know me, I'm a fucking obsessed with dogs. So like I hear a dog bark and my ears perk up, but I just zone in. That, so... that dog is, t- is out front of a beauty salon across the road and it barks at every other dog that passes. It doesn't matter what side of the road, doesn't matter if it's in a car. That dog and my neighbor's dog are the two worst things in the universe. They just will not <laughs> shut up. Um, I'm not, I'm not a dog person, but I don't dislike dogs, but these two dogs I dislike like on a, on a fundamental level. Yeah. Um, they're those little white yappy things. They've obviously never been taught like how to behave. So they just bark at everything. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah sorry. I, uh, cut you, I cut you off. <laughs> I was like, no, I was just like... saying like, I mean, we've got everything. I think we've covered all the big ones, but if we've missed anything, let us know. Yeah. Um, next week, uh, we should touch wood have a really interesting episode about uh, World Heritage travel. So like visiting World Heritage sites. So I'm excited for that UNESCO one. UNESCO and all of that uh, with stuff. With a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, um, cool. Do we, we have a quick game? I've got... Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so I've got two. Yeah. This time I was prepared because last time I was not. Um, so That's we're going to play Would You Rather? And I thought okay. this was a pretty good game for this episode. So... My question for you is, would you rather take a one-week trip with someone that needs you to take at least 20 photos of them each time they ask, or go on a trip with someone that won't let you take any photos of the trip whatsoever? The second one. (laughs) (laughs) Having having dated someone in the past who insisted on, like, dozens of photos at every stop uh, in, like, various poses and then would critique them aggressively if they Mm -hmm. weren't good enough uh i could not i would rather just not have my camera with me than than deal with that yeah um, yeah i don't mind taking photos of, of my wife like if she wants some nice photos I'm, I'm happy to do that but this one person like gave me ptsd because they would literally just rag on the photos for not being good enough and then make me do them again and again and oh my god sucked. well there's a whole thing there's, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's an instagram page called instagram boyfriends or boyfriends of instagram or something oh, yeah. like that yeah yeah, yeah it totally is it's like i used to see it all the time when i worked at the cafe in new york because I worked on the street in Dumbo, Brooklyn, that at the end of it is the bridge. And then oh, through right. the legs of the bridge, you can see the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. And like, I literally worked on that building. And so we would sit in the cafe and just look out on the street to like five different groups of couples. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy taking the photo or the, taking a selfie or something like that. or the, But the girl like doing every time you take a picture she would move and shift only slightly head yep. up head down pretend, arms up, pretend arms to walk down. jump through the <laughs> jump through the street and there's cars that are trying to get by like all of my customers were i mean we had a lot of tourist customers but we had a lot of regulars as well that lived in that area and mm. like they're like fucking summer is the worst time to be in Dumbo because it's just that's when everyone travels i remember watching this couple for about 45 minutes and i was like i don't know how he hasn't murdered you yet like uh, you better be an actual influencer that's bringing in a shit ton of money that he gets to like benefit off of because there's no way in hell that any other normal person would be open to taking a photo of you in the same exact spot for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm with you. I would rather just not have any photos of a trip whatsoever and just have the visual memories. Yeah. And then so I can always w- like pull oh. something off Google. <laughs> yeah. If you really need it. Uh, speaking of, I knew a girl who said she didn't need to go to Anchor Wat because she'd looked at pictures on Google. Just, just putting that out there. That was she was like, I already saw it. I'm like, okay. Um, my, my, my. Would you rather is a nice, simple one. Would you rather give up Instagram or Facebook? Facebook, 100. percent No, you can't message anyone. No messenger either. Yeah, so yeah. Already, Facebook Messenger already, is part of Facebook. I know. I already. Well, no. Technically, right now it's separate because I deactivated my Facebook. I know, but, but it's I owned still by have Facebook. My messenger. It's like part of the Facebook. But Instagram's family. owned by Facebook. But Instagram's Instagram. But Messenger but it's owned by is. Facebook. Yeah, no. But I'm saying Messenger is part of the Facebook like brand, whereas Instagram is Instagram. So you you lose Messenger and you lose Facebook and you lose Pages and all that shit. But mostly just those two. No. Mm, no. I'd probably go back to Facebook then. I've, I've only only because, and I actually, I, I really don't like Facebook 
at all, except mm. for the messenger feature. That's literally the only reason I like it. And it's only because I've accumulated such a group of like a network of friends and people yeah. I've met traveling over the last 12 years that I don't want to give that up of like the potential to, cause a lot of times I use it for, if I'm going somewhere I've never been before, if I go to Berlin, yeah. I can type in my friends in Berlin and there could be someone I met six years ago and I'm like, Oh yeah, I yeah. remember that guy. And then I'll shoot him a message and be like, Hey, I'm coming to town. I mean, that's the reason I haven't given up Facebook is mostly just, obviously I've, I've accumulated a lot of info about myself over the years that I'd like to have access to, but yeah. also there's just so many people I wouldn't want to give up uh, being able to get in touch with. Like I'd give up Instagram in a heartbeat. Uh, I like it, but I don't use it as often as, as, as oh, yeah. you like I love, to. So. I love Instagram. Well, the other thing though, I kind of what you just said about having this um, kind of documentation of your life over the years that's another thing is like we used to take photos that you'd have to go, you know, get them developed and then you'd make photo albums or you'd have stacks of, you know, photos mm -hmm. um, from trips and stuff over the years. Whereas now, because Facebook was out when I kind of started traveling. So all of my documentation of past trips are on Facebook. Like yeah, half yeah the me too. I've got I've whole got, albums. I've got yeah. different computers. So I don't have the hard, like the actual files anymore. And so like if I... Don't I have to go individually download each and every photo on my Facebook, which I have even Googled like how to export photos, like bulk export from Facebook because I was I really wanted to delete it, but I didn't want to lose the photos, and that's something that yeah keeps me keeps me in the keeps in you the in the addiction the, on the teat yeah. keeps you on the teat sucking, suckling Mark's, at the Facebook teat. Mark Zuckerberg, scaly lizard man. Teat. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I only had that one, so you give me your last one, and then. Okay. And then we'll let everyone go. Okay. So this kind of goes into like the over tourism sort of stuff by Instagram. Okay. So would you rather for one year only, oh no, sorry, sorry. Would you rather for one year only be able to travel to the top five most popular travel destinations? Okay. Or not to be able to travel anywhere outside the current country you're in? Oh, that's tough because actually there's a lot of Georgia I haven't seen yet, um, obviously, and that would be kind of fun to do. I don't even know what are the top five. I'm guessing like we'll say top five. Well, it probably be, I mean the places that are like hit with it, like it'd be like you know Barcelona, it'd be Venice, it'd be probably Dubrovnik. Mm, um, I I would say probably New York's going to be in there. Um, I don't know actually that there's there's. I think maybe I just have to suck it up and do the top five because I can get off the, the beaten path in those places. Like if I have to go to Paris, I can find places in Paris that aren't super crowded yeah. and shit. Um, whereas as much as I'd love to spend a year exploring Georgia, if, if I was still in China or if I was in the US or Australia, I'd, it wouldn't be an easier call because there's yeah. so much there. I feel like I'd get, not bored, but I'd definitely feel like Stir I'd crazy. run out of places to see here. Yeah, yeah. And within a year. What about you? Yeah, you know a what? When I wrote this, I... Because there's, like, Croatia has over a thousand islands. Like, when, oh. I, when I wrote this, I was like, hardcore, I could spend, like, I don't like being in places, I don't even want to, I don't like being in Split in the summer or Dubrovnik in the summer, because it drives me fucking insane how many people are here, which actually isn't going to be a problem this year because of the coronavirus stuff. They <laughs> actually had a huge tourism meeting yesterday, my friend went to, because he owns a bar here. Mm. Airbnb bookings are down 52%. Oh god, it's it's and it's awful they, everywhere. The pub crawl that my friend owns here normally they have I don't know if you've heard of Bus to Alps, but it's this tour company that study abroad groups use. So then on oh, yeah, the weekends yeah. they go on like different places around Europe. So the pub crawl that my friend owns here as well, they usually have a bunch of Bus to Alps groups that book in for like preseason and they do like special pub crawls just for them. All of them have canceled. And that's like Jeez. income that they kind of depend on because they've been hemorrhaging money all winter while they've yeah, stayed open. Yeah. And then, they, but they always like kind of bulk up for it and they kind of bulk up just enough that they know that they need and they weren't planning on this happening. And so they're like actually kind of freaking out. Like they're like, I mean, we don't know what we, what we, what we do. Like, do we have to let people go? Like the people that work for them have worked for them for years. They depend on mm -hmm. the salary for their like healthcare benefits and it's really hard. I mean, that's the boat I'm in. Like, thank God I've been saving 
like money in the good months that we've had because the safari business this is low season now anyway but this is usually when you start selling june july august for high season but people are so paranoid about coronavirus that they're not even inquiring or if they are they're like i really want to book but maybe i can just wait a couple more months um so a lot of hotel chains in africa who we partnered with basically are saying your existing bookings if they cancel they'll still have to pay a cancellation fee but we're giving them a 15 month window if they want to postpone their trip uh any time after like that's so that's smart that's really nice yeah well th- i mean it's that or they lose business because but they make the money the- anyways yeah exactly no but i mean if they cancel it they obviously they get to keep the deposit but the deposit's not the same as the value of the oh, room so okay. for them it makes saying. perfect sense for them yeah. to push it back yeah um but, um, it's, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's grim so i <laughs> i like i hate being in places that are super busy during high seasons Mm-hmm. But if it's five places throughout the year, I'm sure I could find times throughout the year to go to them that aren't in the high seasons, but would still be nice to go to. A lot of times they're called like shoulder seasons. So, oh God, say that. Shoulder Shold- seasons. Shoulder season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so because I was like, oh yeah, I could see tons of Croatia and go to different places. But also, but Croatia is all like the same culture. So I think I just get bored of like being in the same culture for a year. Whereas, yeah. like, I like to travel and see different things. So if I had to go to Paris or B- Barcelona or Venice, like, I would go in kind of the lower seasons and then spend the high season somewhere that maybe isn't as busy it's in low the season. summer. Yeah, it's low yeah, season for them. Yeah. Or you could make that work. find somewhere small in Croatia in the country I'm in to spend the summer season while everywhere else is crazy. So I think <laughs> so you've you converted me. I think I have gone to... The- I was going to be like, nope. <laughs> I can find something to do in Croatia for a year, but I think you're right. I think there's we, you and I both have enough knowledge to get off the beaten path. And hell let's... yeah, I could I could kill six months in three or six months in New York alone if I had to. Like I yeah, just yeah, I don't wouldn't... have to be in. Well, I fucking hate Midtown anyways. Every time I'm there, I get pissed off. It's like <laughs> I, I tend to avoid the tourist areas anyways, even if I'm just exactly traveling somewhere for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, that was. That was that was the game. That was. Now I uh, yeah I guess uh, we gotta go wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, we gotta go. We got things to do, people to see, uh, video games to play. Leave us reviews on iTunes uh, or Facebook, even if you want to. Send us a message on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what you think of the episode, and if you agree, disagree, uh, all that sort of stuff. And. Yeah, that's about it. We'll see you guys. See you next, see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>